it's such a privilege for me to be here. I can't really put it into words. I don't know if you appreciate it as much as I appreciate it to be here. Maybe you do. I can't assume. But I am very, very blessed to be here. And in this new venue. Man, it's been a journey. It's 21 years. 21 years. I mean, 21, you get your key. You got a church. Thank you, Jesus. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's something, man. That's something. So it's, it's really a privilege for me to be here. I bring you greetings from uh, our eldership in Johannesburg, Egoli, and uh, Pastor Simon, and Pastor Roger, and Pastor Carol. We are all together that side. You see, wherever Carol went, I followed. So she came here, I followed. She went back, I followed. <laughs> so I don't know where she's going to go next. I said to her, you better pray very carefully. It's kind of Cape Town, you know. I want to go to the sea next time. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. So I, I want to just share with you about Jehovah Shalom this morning. Shalom. So you can put my slides up there, Jehovah Shalom. And uh, I think it's a prophetic significant word for you of coming into peace. And that the Lord your peace, the Lord who is peace, will be your peace. Amen? And that you would experience His peace in greater measure. And that you would take your, His peace into the world where you live. Because today, peace is the thing that is scarce. Everybody's looking for peace. They're looking for peace in the Middle East. They're looking for internal peace. Everybody's looking for peace. People are confused. Our world is confused. Does that make sense? And there's really only one that can give us peace, and that is the Lord that gives us peace. Amen? So I want to speak prophetically with you today, but I'm not going to rush, so I may not even finish my message, but that's okay. I'm just going to share with you what is on my heart. Is that okay with you? Amen. So it's such a privilege to be here. Thank you to the eldership of this house, Pastor Chris uh, and uh, Mel, and the eldership, Pastor Franz, and all the elders. Thank you for inviting me to be here and uh, to be a part of this. And all the leaders and those that have, that, have, that have been here but have subsequently left, I thank you that we are here today in this wonderful building. And then Pastor Franz has already done all the thank yous, but I know that maybe we've missed someone. And we don't want that to happen. So thank you to everyone. Amen? Or as they say in South Africa, all protocol observed. <laughs> right, let me move on. I've done the political stuff now. So, you know that Jehovah Shalom is the fourth compound covenant name of God in the Bible. And uh, it's so significant that we know the names of God because it's the names of God that He revealed Himself to His people. So every time God revealed himself, they gave him a name. So the first time he introduced himself to Moses as Yahweh. Now, I heard a Jewish scholar that said that the reason the Jews didn't write out the name of God, they only used the YHWH as we know it today, um, because it was like breathing. Yeah? Yeah? Every time you breathe, you say his name. So... When a baby first time takes a breath, it's the name of God. Yeah? Isn't that amazing? And then they added a description of that name, of his covenant. So the first name that was revealed was to Abram when Abram encountered him as Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. And he provided in the time of need. 
And then there was Jehovah Rapha, the Lord my healer. And Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner. He is my pillar of fire by night and is the cloud that protects me by day. Amen. And then it's Jehovah Shalom, which is with Gideon. In Gideon in Judges chapter 6, Gideon encountered God as his peace. Because he was in conflict and the Lord gave him peace. And that is why he could go and conquer with 300 men. He conquered the armies of Midian. Amen. And then it's uh, Jehovah, uh, uh, um, uh, Jehovah Shah. And uh, Sh- no, no, no. Shammah is, is last. And then Jehovah Tzitkenu, which is righteousness. And uh, Jehovah Shammah, which is the Lord is present. The Lord is present. That's the seventh name that, of God that was revealed. So I want to talk to you about Jehovah Shalom, the Lord of Peace. Now, I want to bring you firstly greetings from my family. So that's my wife, Vivian. That's Jaden, and we've just now got a new son with us, Alwande, Alwande Solomons. So um, we are expanding. Thank you, Jesus. So he's, he's brought new life into our church. So I don't know if, you, if you've got a boring life. Who's got a boring life? If you, if you, yes, that's right. If you, if you have a boring life, man, adopt a child, man. Mm-hmm. It'll change. All right. So we love him already so much, and he's part of our life and our world. So I bring you greetings from them. I believe prophetically that the next season for this church is to experience God as your peace. Amen. And not only to experience him as peace, but to manifest his peace in your world. Because all around us, there is a need for God's peace. In Romans chapter 16, verse 20, it says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Now, how's that? It happens because when you and I live in God's peace, God crushes Satan under your feet. Amen? So it's so important that we live and maintain the peace of God in our hearts. And that we live in that place. So if you go read Judges chapter 6. You'll find out that Israel had these judges. They, uh, there was about 20 or 21 of them. And Gideon was one of them. And Israel had this broken record experience. So every time they would do wrong. And they would get in trouble. And then God would send a judge. He would judge them. He would judge the nation that came against them, all the ites. You know, the Philistines, that's the only other ite that isn't there. And the Midianites and the Canaanites and all the ites came against them and punished them. Then God would send the judge, they would get free, and then guess what? They would fall right back in. And God had to raise another judge. So it was like a broken record thing. You understand what I'm trying to say to you? So Gideon was one of these judges. And they were dealing with the Midianites. And the Bible says that the Midianites were so many that they were like locusts. They would go through a field and there would be nothing left at the end. There were so many of them. You can't even count them the way they were many. So here's Gideon. And Gideon, and the Bible says that they took everything from Israel. They took everything. If you had a cow, they took it. If you had a sheep, they took it. If you had a morsel of bread, it was gone. 
They just hashed it. They took it. Are you with me? Have you ever felt that you've just been taken off? People take stuff from you. So that's where Israel was. But Gideon had a revelation of God. God revealed himself as his peace. Now I want to say to you that the peace that we say in English is not so full of meaning like it is in the Hebrew. The peace in English just means absence of war. In other words, there's no war. Nobody's fighting. That's peace. But shalom is much more than that. Shalom in, in, in Hebrew has got a much deeper meaning. So it means, for example, peace, well-being, harmony, wholeness, tranquility, rest, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and fortune. Now, you know why I put it in blue and red? Because it's both internal and external. God's peace, when it manifests, it's supposed to manifest internally as well as externally. Are you following what I'm saying? As a matter of fact, when the Jews greeted each other, they used to say, Shalom, Shalom. Shalom, peace to the internal. Shalom, peace to the external. Are you following me? And then in Arabic, we say, Salamu Alaikum, Alaikum Salam. That's the Arabic greeting. That's how they greeted each other. And when Paul writes his letters, he says, May the peace of God and the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. So there's always this pronouncement of peace. There is this, let the shalom of God be with you. Because the, 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 the most important manifestation of the presence of God is His peace. When, 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 they, when you have peace, God's presence is with you. Amen? So, we read then that the first thing that I want to say is that shalom is birthed in desperate prayer. And people have prayed. You know, we're sitting here because there's years of prayer that went ahead of it. Are you with me? And uh, the Bible says in Judges, it says, So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Now that's a crisis. They were reduced to starvation. They couldn't eat. And then the Israelites cried out to God, the Lord their God, for help. Now let me tell you that the one purpose of crisis, the one purpose of difficulty in our lives is to cause us to cry out to God. Amen? That must be our default. Our default is to cry out to God. Have you ever been in a difficult place and then you cry out to God? Oh, God, help me. Yes? When it's going well, uh, it's me, man. I did it. I did it my way. <laughs> I did it. Then we don't cry out to God. That's why we need crisis, because we forget God. You understand what I'm saying? And the Bible says, count it all joy when you're in diverse struggles, because God is working in you a faith that is robust in good times and in bad times. Amen. So uh, it says that they cried out to the Lord. And there is Philippians 4, 6, which is one of my favorite scriptures, that says, let's read it together. Don't worry, be anxious about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Now let's stop there. We need to always cultivate a heart of thankfulness. Because you know, our default as people is to look at what we don't have. I mean, you look and you say, I, I don't have that. Then you feel you're done in. Yes? Am I the only one? Mm -hmm. You must say yes or amen. Yes. 
Oh, yes, that's right. It's the truth, isn't it? We look at what we don't have, and then we become hard-hearted, and we become sad, and we become bad, and we feel all low because we don't have X, Y, Z, P, Q, R. Here's the lesson. With God, you've got to look at what you do have. You've got to be thankful for what you have. Do you have health? Say thank you to the Lord for health because there's others in the hospital. Do you have a family? Say thank you to the Lord for your family. Say thank you to the Lord for your relationships. Be thankful. Thankfulness doesn't come easy. We've got to cultivate it. You've got to decide it. Amen? Because the world we live in is bitter. You see, you can't be thankful and full of bitterness at the same time. It's impossible. So what do you allow in your heart? Are you with me? So that's why we always must say thanks to God. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Now, what does that mean? It means that even though the storm is, is brewing around you, even though you are in the midst of trouble, even though you are in your worst time of pain and distress, in that moment, you can experience God's peace. Do you know that in a, in a hurricane, in a storm, the most quietest place is right in the center. It's quiet. I don't know if you've ever heard it. I've heard it on a YouTube clip. They have recorded it. It's absolutely still. The storm is going on around it. The storm is moving. The storm is turning. But it's completely quiet in the center. So that is where God wants us. God wants us to be centered. To be centered in Him. Even though there's storms going on around us. Are you with me? Because when you have inner peace, you can bring it to your world. Are you with me? Amen. So, it's peace that passes understanding because you don't understand how this works. I'm supposed to actually be depressed. I'm supposed to actually be on Prozac. I'm supposed to actually not wake up every morning. But yet I have peace. I have peace. Have you ever been in a place... Where you pray for a miracle and God gives you peace. It's like, Lord, that's not what I asked for. But <laughs> let me start there. <laughs> Are you with me? Amen. It's significant when God gives you his peace. Because he says to you, I'm with you. The miracle may come. The miracle may not come. Doesn't matter. I am with you. The moment you have his peace, he's with you. Amen. And that is far more than when we get a miracle. And the Bible says His peace, that is God's peace, will guard our hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Why is our heart and our mind important? It's important because our mind is where we think our thoughts. Our heart is where we feel our feelings. Are you following what I'm saying? So the Bible says the peace of God will guard your mind and it will guard your heart. Because the things that get us in trouble is our thinking. The thing that gets us in trouble is our feelings. I don't feel like it. The Bible says you're, it's not supposed to live by feelings. You're supposed to live by faith. Are you with me? Amen. So we need to shift from feelings to faith. As long as you still live on feelings, you'll be up and down. Mm, I feel like it. Mm, I don't feel like it. Mm. It depends on how you feel. We need to move beyond our feelings and move into faith. Amen. Hallelujah. And the peace of God will guard our heart and our mind. Amen.
So, the next slide says, Shalom is confirmed in the prophetic. You know, God is always faithful to speak about situations. You just need to seek Him about your situation. The Bible says, when they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, what did the Lord do? He sent them a prophet. In Amos 3 verse 7, it says, Indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until He reveals His plans to His servants, the prophets. Amen? That is why we have prophetic ministry. We cultivate that ministry. Why? Because we want to hear what God is saying. You need to know what God is saying about your life right now. You need to have a prophetic word of God about where you are right now. Then life will make sense to you. Until you know what God is saying to you, life won't make sense to you. It will be all confusion. Are you following what I'm saying? Because you see, the world looks at economic uh, parameters. The world looks at the news. The world looks at certain elements. And it's good to look at those things. I'm not saying we must not look at them. What I'm saying is, what is the Lord saying? Amen? And there's a place where we need to press into the prophetic, which is to know what the Lord is saying. So, next we see that shalom is, happens in a prophetic context. So, here the Lord sends them a prophet, and here is what the prophet says to them. It says, read it with me, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove you out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live. But you have not listened to me. Now, if you like me, I always thought that prophecy is about the future. Huh? But look what's happening here. God gives them a history lesson. So what does a history lesson have to do with prophecy? Because sometimes your prophetic word for the future lies in what God has done in your past. Are you with me? That is why you need to remember what God has done in your past. Because the devil is going to come and try and remind you that nothing will happen. But you can say, but he's helped me then. He saved me then. He lifted me up then. I should have been dead, but I'm alive. Amen. Amen. So you should have been in a different place than what you are now. But yet you are here. That's the grace of the Lord. He has done it. Amen. So I look at my history. And I remind myself of what God has done. Amen. Because history has a prophecy for where I'm going. Because if God has done it in the past, guess what? Well, He can do it again. And He can do more than what He did before. Amen? Are you getting me? So we need to remember our history. So at this church, every nation went together history. I'm not going to give you the whole history about that. You can speak to Barbara about that. Amen? Barbara's got all the prophetic words of the year, 21 years. So there's a photo of the first mission team that came to Namibia. I was part of that team. Yours truly is standing right to the back with the glasses. Now, what's confusing, what's confusing is that I had hair that time. Thank you, Jesus. Things do change in 21 years. Amen? I'm a lot grayer. I'm just as attractive. 
Oh, yes, thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Some things don't change. <laughs> but I was privileged to be part of that mission team that came to Namibia in 1996. Some of you weren't even born yet. Uh, you were in the blogosphere. Thank you, Jesus. Floating somewhere. <laughs> and we came here in 96. And uh, we did that mission. And out of that mission, this church was birthed. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that how God works? And about 80% of the people in that photo is in some way a missionary or a pastor of serving. And some Simon Larry followers there. And uh, there's so many people there that you probably may know. They are older now, but they're there. Amen. And this is part of their legacy. So I want to encourage you young people. Get into missions. Let God use you. Amen. Go to places. Let God use you. You don't know the work that you are planting, how it's going to grow over the years. Amen. And what I want to say to you, it's an eternal work that he's involved in. It's not just for this earth. It's eternal. I'm so glad one day when I stand before Jesus, I can say, look at Vintuk. My God, my God. Amen. And so Pastor Franz. So Carol and Andrew came as the first pastors. Amen. And Pastor Siani, Franco and Dalian Siani, and Pastor Richard Riley and his wife Ruth. I don't know if you remember them. But they were all part of God's plan over the 21 years. Why? So that no glory goes to one man. Glory goes to Jesus. He did it. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. And the next slide shows you just a photo of the thermometer of the building fund. That was Pastor Andrew made that thermometer. You know, in the old days, the church had a thermometer of how much money they didn't have. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? Thank God we've moved on. We're electronic now. It's online. (laughs) Oh, my God, my God. Hallelujah. We get technological with that stuff. So, we are so blessed, and, and here's the thermometer, and here we sit, from a seed. From a seed, this has come. And it's, we're so privileged to be part of that. Amen. In 21 years, we moved in seven venues. Unam Lecture Hall was the first venue. Then RTS Big Hall School, the second venue. And then RTS Small Venue. I wasn't there. I just heard the history. And then the Boy Scouts. Some of you were in the Boy Scouts. And then the Dutch Reformed Church. That's when I came. We were in the Dutch Reformed Church in academia. We had afternoon services. Oh my goodness. What days. Glorious days. And then we moved to the showgrounds. Yes, sir. We moved to the showgrounds, and Pastor Franz said that they saved millions, or rather we saved millions. But they saved more millions, because when the church moved in, that place was dead, man. We brought life. Mm -hmm. We brought angels with us. After that, the shows were blessed. People came. Amen. I said to Harold, I say, you're going to get more than we're going to get from you. Amen? Because when the church moves in somewhere, the atmosphere changes. 
Yes, sir. It changes. There's a blessing that comes on that place if the church moves in. If you allow the church, if you open the door, it's like the, the Ark of Covenant. You know, some farmer got the Ark of Covenant. All of a sudden, the guy was blessed, man. Whoa, his cow started growing. His sheep, his, his field, everything was blessed. He didn't want to let go of the thing, man. Are you following what I'm saying? Where you go, where the presence of God is, you'll be blessed. You just associate with yourself with the presence of God. You'll be blessed. You just rub it a little bit. You'll be blessed. You don't even have to dive in. Amen. That's what meant when the apostles used to walk and shadow used to fall on somebody. I mean a shadow. He didn't even touch him. He didn't even lay hands on him. He just walked by. That guy got blessed. Amen. <laughs> yes, that's how it ought to be with the people of God. Amen. Seven pastors. Andrew and Carol, the first senior pastors. John and Rona Miller was uh, stand-in pastors. And then Franco and Alianciani. Man, you had your, have your hair and your teeth with that guy, man. He was a bouncer. He was a bouncer for Jesus, man. Mm, what are you doing here? <laughs> you had to live righteously. Okay. And then Richard and Ruth, Riley. You remember Richard and Ruth with his guitar? He used to sing so nicely. And Ruth with the heart of gold. And then myself and my wife, Vivian. And then Franz and Ann Mueller took over from us. <clears throat> and then now Chris and Mel, senior pastors. And you know the beautiful thing is, they're Namibian, man. Finally. Well, Franz was also, but he was a permanent resident. Then it was a Namibian. That's the way it is, amen? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just making a bit of jokes here. But he's the seventh pastor. I think you can make a movie like that. The seventh pastor. Ah! <laughs> he must just wear a white suit, man. <clears throat> pastor Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, things are moving upwards. <laughs> yes, sir. So here we find Gideon, and this is where I'm going to start the story with you. Gideon was a man in conflict. You see, folks, you can't really appreciate the peace of God until you have experienced great conflict. Gideon was a man in conflict with his world. His world didn't make sense. And he was frustrated because his world just didn't make sense. Here he was, and the angel of the Lord appears to him. And you know where he was? He was in a cave hiding, threshing wheat. Why was he hiding? He was hiding because if the Midianites saw him, they would take his wheat. And this is not wheat you smoke. No, it's not that kind of wheat. Those guys hide it very quickly. <laughs> this is wheat to eat. They would take it if they saw it. So he was hiding in a cave. So when the angel appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why? Have you ever asked that question? If the Lord is with us, why am I in this trouble? Why am, are we facing all these issues? Why is things not working out? If the Lord is with us, why? Then he said, I heard of the miracles. I heard of the Red Sea parting. I heard of the 
pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. But I, why? Where are the miracles? Have you ever been in a place like that? Have you ever asked why? Have you ever asked what is happening? This is the God I read in the Bible, but I don't see it. I don't experience it. Why? 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 Amen? And God is not intimidated by those questions. God wants us to ask the why question. You see, if you have not come to ask the why question yet, you're not authentic. You're not real. You are religious. Didn't he say, come and let us reason together? He wants you to be real with him. He wants you to say, I am struggling right now. You see, he didn't say to Gideon, why are you asking me such stupid questions? Why are you asking me such unfaithful questions? Where's your faith? No, he said, ask the questions. And sometimes you and I got to ask those questions. Amen. And then his conclusion was, the Lord has abandoned us. He became a deist. Can I sing that song? From a distance. God is watching us. Somebody says, just stay with your day job, brother. (laughs) Uh, I want to tell you today, God is not watching us from a distance. He is very much involved in our lives. But it takes time. It takes persistence. It takes faithfulness to walk into His peace. Here we have Zimbabwe. Hallelujah. Can a nation be born in a day? We saw it. We in a generation that saw it. We will tell our children, I saw it. I was there. I mean, not physically. You get what I'm saying? I mean, I thought I was going to die before that guy. Stayed. I mean, <laughs> no, seriously, just going on and on and on and on and on, man. <laughs> Are you with me? And in a week, we saw a major transformation taking place. In South Africa, I don't know if you've heard. We prayed in Parliament. The week after, we prayed in Parliament. Unheard of stuff is happening. God is moving. You just have to open your eyes to see that God is involved in national issues. It may look like the devil is winning. It may look like there's bad things happening. But there's also a lot of good side stuff happening. And God is moving. In South Africa, there's a shaking happening at the moment. Leaders are being exposed. And they wonder, how is this possible? Are you with me? God is very much alive and is very much involved in our lives. Amen. Next, we see that Gideon was not only a man that was in conflict with his world. He was in conflict with himself. He saw a discrepancy in himself. He struggled with himself. When the angel said to him, mighty hero, he said, excuse me, sir, just Hold that car right there. Have you noticed that my clan is the weakest in Manasseh? Now Manasseh was the youngest of the sons. He was the younger brother of Joseph. You remember the story? Now you know in Israel, when you're the youngest, you get the chicken wing, man. 
You know the chicken wing is the smallest piece. And nowadays the chicken wing is not a wing anymore. It's just a piece of bone, man. I don't know if you've seen it at Nando's. I order a wing, they give me a, a bone. <laughs> that bone looks at me like that. I say, no, I wanted wings. <laughs> when you're the weakest, when you're the youngest, you're the wingman. You know, in family, in our family, we had a hierarchy. My eldest brother, he got the drumstick. I used to be jealous of that, man. Why must he get the drumstick? And my sister got the breast. Because she's the lady in the house. I got the wingman. <laughs> he, says, he says to the angel, Didn't you, uh, sorry sir, just hold on a little bit. Don't you know, my clan, we're the weakest. We're the black sheep in this family. And in my family, Have you not me? Mina? I am the one hiding with the wheat. The others eat it. I have to trash it. <laughs> have you noticed this about God? That God always goes for the people that know they're weak. Have you noticed? It's like when you feel like a failure, man. When you feel like it's not you. When you feel like somebody calls your name and you turn around looking at who's behind you, you qualify. Because then you know it must be him. It certainly wasn't you. God will make you look good when you accept your weakness and you say, but I give it to you. I'm weak, but you're strong. I take my weak hand. And I put it in your strong hand. Without you, I can do nothing. It is the people that think they can make it. It's the people that think it is they that did it. They are in trouble. Because it doesn't last long. Are you following what I'm trying to say to you today? So you've got to come to God in weakness. Amen. It's attractive to the angel of the Lord. So, it comes... And the source of shalom. Now we come to the source of, source of shalom. It says, the next slide. It says, the Lord said to him, I, what did he say? I will be with you. Let me share with you, beloved. More than a miracle. More than a breakthrough. More than anything that you think you need. You need to be in his presence. It is when His presence is with you. You can face an army and run through a wall. That wall will be nothing because His presence is with you. And the manifestation of His presence is His peace. The Lord always gives His peace when His presence comes. Amen? And so God wants us to be people of peace. He wants us to be people that live in peace. He wants us to be people that have peace in our homes. He wants us to have peace in our relationships. Amen, oh my. Amen. 
Hallelujah. And now I want to share something and I'm going to close off with this. So we are sent to bring shalom. Now I want you to read this part with me. Read it with me. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree of Oprah. Just stop there. This is not Oprah in the U.S. She got a name from this verse. <clears throat> this is the thing that I want to say to you. God will come to you where you are at. This guy was in a cave hiding. This guy was in obscurity. He was in depression. The angel came to where he was. You know, sometimes you think you're not worthy. God will not show up where you are. He's showing up right there where you are. In your mess. In your situation. This is the God we serve. God is not a God that looks for perfection. If he was looking for perfection, he would not choose me. He would not choose you. Have you ever noticed, have you ever wondered, if God was looking for really theological people, why didn't he go to the Bible school of his day? He went for fishermen. Have you heard a fisherman talk? Oh! If a fisherman talks on TV, it says bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> Are you with me? Are you with me? Have you ever wondered, why didn't he go to the Bible school of his day? Because he was looking for someone that will give them his heart. Amen? And such is the worshipers that God is looking for. And the Bible says, Gideon, read it with me. Gideon was threshing the wheat at the bottom of the wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites, I am sending you. Wow. Amen. He says, go in the strength you have. So don't go in the strength you don't have. You know, sometimes you, you go, Christian says, be strong. Oh, I don't have nothing, man. <laughs> uh, I can hardly put one foot in front of the other. <laughs> go in the strength you have. What can you do? What is in your ability? Are you following what I'm saying? And you know the strength that he had? You know what, what strength he had? Was even though the Midianites was looking for them to rob them of food and of wealth. You know what he was doing? He was in hiding, but he was still threshing the wheat. Now that is strength. Strength is when you continue to do the things because it's right. Not because it's acceptable. Not because everybody applauds you. But you do it because it is right to do. That is strength. That is why he said to him, take that strength. In the midst of your trouble. In the midst of your conflict. You're still doing what is right. I love that. I can use that. I'm going to add my strength to that. Hallelujah! Because it doesn't depend on your strength. It depends on His. Amen. I want to skip two slides. And I want to leave you with this. The next one. 
before this one. So the Lord wants to lead us with His peace. Here is the lesson. Don't go anywhere if you don't have the peace of God about it. Don't make any decision if there's an uneasiness in your heart. You pray and ask God for leading until you have peace. And if you don't have peace, don't move. Because the Bible says that the peace of Christ be the empire in your heart. You know what an empire does? An empire, when the ball comes in tennis, says, out! Or, it's in! Let the peace of God be the empire that says, that ball is out, don't even go there. Are you following what I'm saying? Hallelujah. So, when you pray, you know that the acronym PUSH, P-U-S-H. It used to say, pray until something happens. Well, let's change that. Pray until shalom happens. Pray until you have peace. Pray until you have peace. And if you don't have peace, then you haven't prayed enough. Yes? Amen. So the Bible says, you will go out with joy and be led forth in peace. Now let me give you five or four Ps. Five Ps. Practically positioned for shalom. Number one, we've got to prioritize the kingdom. Let me say to you this, beloved. We will never get anywhere until we make God's kingdom first. Take God's kingdom, make it first. That's the first P. Amen. Prioritize. Second is police. You've got to police your thoughts and your feelings. Listen to what the Bible says. Read it with me. You will keep him in whose minds are steadfast because they trust you. Your mind must be steadfast on the word of God. Your heart must trust Him. You must say, even though I don't see it, even though I don't understand it, yet will I trust Him. Yet will I put my faith in Him. Amen? So you've got to police your inner world so that the peace of God can rule there. You know when anxiety comes knocking on your door? Knock, knock. Who's there? Anxiety. I want to show you to be more scared than what you already are. Do you know that thoughts knock on your mind? Yes, sir. They don't just come in. You allow them in. You have the power to decide whether thoughts will fester on your mind or not. Amen? So we've got to police our mind. And then we've got to ponder God's word. Read that with me. Great peace have those who love your law. And nothing can make them stumble. Hallelujah. And then push. Pray until shalom happens. And then pursue. Pursue peace in your relationships. Pursue peace in your family. Pursue peace at your work. Pursue peace in your circumstances. It's not easy. It is hard. But pursue peace. The Bible says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. And I believe you are coming into the season of peace, not only to experience God's peace, but to also become peacemakers to the world that you are living in. Amen. Let us pray and give ourselves to the Lord this morning. Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
And we thank you that you are Jehovah Shalom. And we ask that you will come and take your rightful place this morning. Lord, may your Holy Spirit move in this place. I want to ask you, beloved, is there anyone that doesn't have the peace of God in his heart or her heart this morning? Do you know the Lord Jesus? Who wants to give you the peace of God? The peace that passes understanding. Are you here? You are not here by accident. You are here by design. I want to ask you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you respond to the Lord of peace this morning? Would you open your heart to the Lord of peace this morning? This is the most important moment of some of our lives. That we say yes to the Lord of peace. Amen in Jesus name. Are you here? Would you just raise your hand right there where you are? By faith. Thank you, my sister. Thank you. I want to ask that as you raise your hand, don't you want to come to the front? We just want to recognize you. Just come step forward, my sister. Just come step forward. Take that step of faith. Whoever else, whoever else that the Holy Spirit is talking to, just come stand right here in front. Whoever else that the Holy Spirit is talking to this morning, just with your head bowed, I want to ask, I want to extend this invitation. Just come now. Come now. Come now. Step forward. Step forward. Take that step. Come, my dear. Come, my dear. I can see that the Lord is on you. I can see that the Lord is on you. Don't let this moment pass by. Let this be the day of change. Let this be the day in this new building. This is not about a building. It's about souls. It's always been about souls. A building is there for more souls. It's souls. Souls are the most important thing. Amen. Hallelujah. So may the Lord draw you this morning. May the Lord touch your heart this morning. Let me just pray for them. And then we're going to ask someone just to minister to them. Father, I just thank you that you are working in the lives of your people this morning. And I thank you for rebirth by the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, that you will touch your daughters this morning. That the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon them. And Lord, that their lives would be renewed in you. That the peace of God would settle on their lives in the name of Jesus. And we thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Who will take them? Mark. Yoma. Thank you. The Lord bless you. I'm going to hand over now. It's so good to be here. Amen.